Hey friends, welcome to Faith and Capital. This is our second episode on Cesar Chavez. The first episode came out last week. Chase put that out. It had some critiques. It highlighted some things that Chavez did well. Uh, this is going to be a continuation of that. I'm going to highlight one of his, his essays that was written in 1970 called No More Cathedrals. And I'm just going to read it. And you're going to hear me awkwardly stumble, stumble over words and fiddle around with my laptop and probably bump my speaker a few times, but I'll do my best. It's not that long, and then I'll give some thoughts afterwards. Before we get into it, though, check out our Patreon. See if you're interested in, in giving $2, $5 a month to access a growing library of, of educational materials that are great for you, great for your organization. Check us out at Patreon. This essay I'm about to read, I think, is really cool for both Christians and socialists or activists. Let's get into it. I don't need to ramble about it too much. No more cathedrals. The place to begin is with our own experience with the church and the strike, which has gone on for 31 months in Delano. For in Delano, the church has been involved with the poor in a unique way, which should stand as a symbol to other communities. Of course, when we refer to the church, we should define the word a little. We mean the whole church, the church as an ecumenical body spread around the world, not just its particular form in a parish, in a local community. The church we are talking about is a tremendously powerful institution in our society and in the world. That church is one form of the presence of God on earth, and so naturally it is powerful. It is powerful by definition. It is a powerful moral and spiritual force which cannot be ignored by any movement. Furthermore, it's an organization with tremendous wealth. Since the church is to be servant to the poor, it is our fault if that wealth is not channeled to help the poor in our world. In a small way, we have been able, in the Delano strike, to work together with the church in such a way as to bring some of its moral and economic power to bear on those who want to maintain the status quo, keeping farm workers in virtual enslavement. In brief, here's what's happened in Delano. Some years ago, when some of us were working with a community service organization, we began to realize the powerful effect which the church can have on the conscience of the opposition. In scattered instances in San Jose, Sacramento, Oakland, Los Angeles, and other places, priests would speak out loudly and clearly against specific instances of oppression, and in some cases, stand up with the people who were being hurt. Furthermore, a small group of priests, Friars McDonald, McCullough, Drugan and others, began to pinpoint attention on the terrible situation of the farm workers in our state. At about that same time, we began to run into the California migrant ministry in the camps and fields. They were about the only ones there, and a lot of us were very suspicious since we were Catholics and they were Protestants. However, they had developed a very clear conception of the church. It was called to serve, to be at the mercy of the poor, to not to try to use them. After a while, this made a lot of sense to us, and we began to find ourselves working side by side with them. In fact, it forced us to raise the question of why our church was not doing the same. We would ask, why do the Protestants come out here and help the people, demanding nothing, and give all their time to serving farm workers while our own parish priests stay in their churches, where only a few people come and usually feel uncomfortable? 
It was not until some of us moved to Delano to begin working to build the National Farm Workers Association that we really saw how far removed from the people the parish church was. In fact, we could not get any help at all from the priests of Delano. When the strike began, they told us we could not even use the church's auditorium for the meetings. The farm workers' money helped build that auditorium. But the Protestants were there, again, in the form of the California Migrant Ministry, and they began to help in little ways here and there. When the strike started in 1965, most of our quote-unquote friends forsook us for a while. They ran or were just too busy to help. But in the California Migrant Ministry, they held a meeting with the staff and decided that the strike was a matter of life or death for farm workers everywhere, and that even if it meant the end of migrant ministry, they would turn over their resources to the strikers. The political pressure on the Protestant churches was tremendous, and the migrant ministry lost a lot of money. But they stuck it out, and they began to point the way to the rest of the church. In fact, when 30 of the strikers were arrested for shouting Welga, 11 ministers went to jail with them. They were in Delano that day at the request of Chris Hartmeyer, director of the California Migrant Ministry. Then the workers began to raise the question, why ministers? Why not priests? What does the bishop say? But the bishop said nothing. But slowly the pressure of the people grew and grew until finally we have in Delano a priest sent by the bishop, Timothy Manning, who is there to help minister to the needs of farm workers. His name is Father Mark Day, and he is the union's chaplain. Finally, our own Catholic Church has decided to recognize that we have our own particular needs, just as the growers have theirs. But outside the local diocese, the pressure built up on growers to negotiate was tremendous. Though we were not allowed to have our own priest, the power of the ecumenical body of the church was tremendous. The, power, the work of the church, for example, in the Schindley Di Giorgio Pirelli Minetti strikes was fantastic. They applied pressure and they mediated. When poor people get involved in a long conflict, such as the strike or a civil rights drive, and the pressure increases each day, there's a deep need for spiritual advice. Without it, we see families crumble, leadership weaken, and hard workers grow tired. And in such a situation, the spiritual advice must, must be given by a friend, not by the opposition. What sense does it make to go to Mass on Sunday and reach out for spiritual help, and instead get sermons about the wickedness of your cause? That only drives one to question and to despair. The growers in Delano have their spiritual problems. We do not deny that. They have every right to have priests and ministers who serve their needs. But we have different needs. And so we needed a friendly spiritual guide. And this is true in every community in the state where the poor face tremendous problems. But the opposition raises a tremendous howl about this. They don't want us to have our spiritual advisors, friends to our needs. Why is this? Why indeed, except that there is tremendous spiritual and economic power in the church. The rich know it, and for that reason they choose to keep it from the people. The leadership of the Mexican-American community must admit that we have fallen far short of our task of helping people provide spiritual guidance for our people. We may say, I don't feel any such need. I can get along. But that is no excuse for not helping provide such help for others. For we can also say, I don't need any welfare help. 
I can take care of my own problems. But we're all willing to fight like hell for welfare aid for those who truly need it, who would starve without it. Likewise, we may have gotten an education and not care about scholarship money for ourselves or our children, but we could and should fight like hell to see that the state provides aid for any child needing it so that he can get an education he desires. Likewise, we can say that we don't need the church. That is our business. But there are hundreds of thousands of our people who desperately need some help from that powerful institution, the church, and we are foolish not to help them get it. For example, the Catholic Charities Agencies of the Catholic Church has millions of dollars earmarked for the poor, but often the money is spent for food baskets for the needy instead of for effective action to eradicate the causes of poverty. The men and women who administer this money sincerely want to help their brothers. It should be our duty to help direct the attention to the basic needs of the Mexican-Americans in our society, needs which cannot be satisfied with baskets of food, but rather with effective organizing at the grassroots level. Therefore, I am calling for Mexican-American groups to stop ignoring this source of power. It is not just our right to appeal to the church to use its power effectively for the poor. It is our duty to do so. It should be as natural as appealing to the government. And we do that often enough. Furthermore, we should be prepared to come to the defense of that rabbi, priest, minister, or layman of the church, who out of commitment to truth and justice gets in, into a tight place with his pastor or bishop. It behooves us to stand with that man and help him see his trial through. It is our duty to see to it that his rights of conscience may, are respected and that no bishop, pastor, or other higher body takes that God-given human right away. Finally, in a nutshell, what do we want the church to do? We don't ask for more cathedrals. We don't ask for bigger churches or fine gifts. We ask for its presence with us, beside us, as Christ among us. We ask the church to sacrifice with the people for social change, for justice, and for love of brother. We don't ask for words. We ask for deeds. We don't ask for paternalism. We ask for servanthood. To comment on what we just read, I'm the pastor of a local church, one that fancies itself progressive. What I learned from Chavez is that we are only as progressive as we are with the poor, with the workers, with those who struggle day in and day out, with those who are mounting a resistance. We only care about the poor insofar as we actually show up for them in their struggle. And that, church folk, should cause us to pause, because the church has not been a progressive force in the world. It has not been on the side of the poor, by and large. And we have a lot of work to do. No more cathedrals. Servanthood. <laughs>